the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 357 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be talking about how to create a digital product that passively sells with Motley Kaiser. Now, before we jump into that, I want to make sure that you take advantage of the freebies that she is going to offer. This was a great conversation. Molly is an excellent teacher, so you're going to want to make sure that you hop over to the show notes and grab that. And if you haven't already left a reading and review, why not just quickly scroll down in your podcasting app and leave a quick rating and review. It helps me to continue to get great guests like Molly. All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hi, Molly. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Jenny. Good. I'm excited to chat. Yes, me too. I'm really excited to be able to dive into how to create a digital product that passively sells because I know my audience wants the passive side of things. But before we jump into that, will you introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Yeah, I'd love to. And I've been through quite the journey. So I like to tell my speed dating very fast story. Of course. (laughs) Uh, So I, I dropped out of college and started a photography business and I grew that to six figures. Other photographers asked me how I did it. So that's when I got into digital products and courses. And I scaled that business to $2 million per year. And now I help people to create their own, uh, turn their expertise into their own digital products and courses. I love it. So it's always that experience, right? That you have to be able to do it for yourselves. I love being able to have guests on that have done it themselves rather than just talking theory and spouting out what everyone else is spouting out, but have actually been in and done the work. So perfect. All right. So let's start off. How do you define a passive digital product? Yeah, I love this question because (laughs) there's just like so much like argument online that I find really funny. You know, obviously, if you look up the definition of passive, it says something that like mostly sells on its own. It doesn't say this 100% sells magically without any effort, yet people argue online that like, Passive is BS because nothing sells with no effort, which is true. Obviously, things take effort. So I define uh, passive as something where you can put in like work up front and then eventually it can sell, meaning it can sell while you're sleeping, while you're on vacation, while you're taking a walk with your dog, you know, whatever. But obviously, there is still going to need to be setup and maintenance and and care for your business, obviously. So I, I love that question. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Because I do think that that's one of the things that people get drawn on, right? We hear passive and we just assume, oh, well, hands off. But we know there needs to be some sort of marketing and some presence so that people actually know who you are. So what are types of digital products? Because I think that that has expanded over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, it's kind of limitless at this point. I can definitely share just like the ones that I've created and what ones I know that exist. But I do think, you know, feel free to get creative with it. The thing that really makes a digital product good is, is it going to get someone a result, you know? And so you kind of need to think of, well, what's the best vehicle to get that result? So for example, I've done, I'm pretty sure the very first 
first digital product I ever made was uh, a list of my top selling poses as a photographer. So it was simply like a guide, I would call it a digital guide, like a digital PDF that just showed the poses and it talked them through like, how did I do this? And how should you do this? And why should you do this? And why do these sell really well? And um, so, I mean, whether you're a website designer or a dog walker or whatever your niche is, you know, you could do something similar to that. Like what are my top leash accessories? I have no idea, but uh, <laughs> I'll stick to the, to the niches that I know, but uh, I've done, so I've done that. I've also done, I did a series of those posing guides. I also did, um, I've done eBooks. I had an eBook that I've sold over half a million dollars with, with no paid ads. And I know we're just talking digital products, but real quick, the reason that sold so well is because it got people results and they would tell people about it. So word of mouth, but just to rattle off some more, you know, there's digital templates. I know Canva templates are really big. You can templatize anything. You can templatize Asana. You can templatize. I mean, you could make like templates for social media, YouTube, any software you can essentially templatize. I think Notion's pretty big right now. Um, gosh, like checklist. I mean, really think about what's the result you want to get someone and what is the medium that it best goes in? Is it best in a course? Is it best in an ebook? So hopefully that gives you guys something to think about, but really, I mean, you could literally just record a video of yourself and sell that as a digital product. So you could really create it. Anything that can be bought and sold digitally online can be a digital product. The fact that you mentioned the trans information that your people had from your ebook, which then caused them to do the marketing for you <laughs> through word of mouth. I think it's huge because many people seem to get, they think, oh, I'm just going to go, they're bloggers. They're going to look at their top posts. If they're food bloggers, they're just going to give their 10 top recipes. The issue becomes they're not showing how they're different than anyone else. You can go get those mm-hmm. 10 recipes anywhere now, right? If you just wanted to Google it. But what you did, which was really unique, is the poses. And then you broke it down. You didn't simply say, here, suppose you said why and how to do it. It's that one step further that is going to give them them transformation rather than simply give handing them off a bunch of pictures that show the poses. But you went deeper with it, which I think is what probably set it apart and really was able to give the people that transformation. Yeah. And what's really interesting about... First of all, I actually started out as a blogger. So I like that you brought that up. And I do still have a blog. Mm-hmm. Um But one, I want to talk about the posing guys really quick. Now, I know most of you listening are probably not photographers. So just know, though, that this can apply to any niche. But what actually got me originally in digital products, like I said, I had a successful studio with successful methods and people were asking me how I did it. And I did some coaching and I was like, "Uh, I just, I don't have time to do this and my business. You know, I need some other way. And I noticed that there was this other photo educator that was selling uh, a posing guide and I bought it. And I want to say it was close to or over a hundred dollars, which for a posing guide is still to this day, a lot of money. And this was back in like 2013 or something. And I remember all it was, was just the poses. There was no definitions, no reason why to do it. And I, I'm not going to lie. Like it made me angry. I was like, I can't believe I just spent all this money on this product that 
I have no idea how to do these poses, how to use these poses, why these sell. I don't understand the concepts of this. And it actually lit a fire underneath me to finally be like, okay, all these people are asking me to learn this. And if this person, because I definitely still had those doubts, even though I had a multiple six-figure photo studio, which puts me in like the top two to 5% of photographers around the world, I still was like, I don't think I know enough, or I don't think I'm good enough to be an educator. And when I downloaded this posing guide, I was like, that's it. I'm like, if this person can make um, these guides and sell them, and to me personally, like they're not even that good, that kind of gave me the confidence and motivation (laughs) to like do it. And so if you ever had that thought where you've downloaded a product in your niche and you're like, I could do something better than this, that is called passion. And you should definitely consider following that. (laughs) Yes. And I think those, you said two questions, right? You said the how and the why. I think anytime you create something, if you can answer the how and the why, it's going to give them the transformation that they're looking for. So adding that to make it easier for them to have it, but also to show your expertise and your understanding the why behind it shows that you're just not not naturally having them do it. You actually have thought this through. It is a process. It is something that you can then teach for others to implement. So are there products that you have found that sell really well? Like, Do you have your best digital products that you would name off? Yeah. So again, I think it kind of ties into what I said before is I think it's less about the vehicle of the digital product and more about the result. So I've over my, you know, since I started my online business with selling um, educational products, I'm not saying you should do this by the way, but just sharing that I have created over a hundred digital products. Again, not saying you should do this. I learned the hard way. You should focus in on one or two and scale those. But What I'm trying to say with that is I've tried every vehicle. Like you can literally name a digital product type. I've created it. And so what I've learned is it doesn't matter the type. It matters the result. And the Mm -hmm. products that I had that sold really well, um, you know, even without ads, some of them that just spread like wildfire was because of the result. So I do want to talk about results a little bit because I think sometimes, you know, people come to me and we talk about what your niche should be and what your results should be. And a lot of times people come in really broad and it's not that they don't have the expertise or the knowledge. They just don't have the expertise or the knowledge in the marketing department, which is totally fine. And so, you know, I get a lot of people that come in and say like, well, I want to help women with confidence or I want to help, you know, men, um, whatever, something broad. I don't know. (laughs) the mailbox very well. But basically, you know, helping someone live a happier life or be more confident, you know, that is too broad. You have to really think about like, why do they want to be more confident? Why do they want to be happier? What are the tactics that you're going to be teaching? Can you dial in and just make a product on one thing? So for example, uh, I, my ebook that sold half a million with zero ads, Um, it was, I didn't teach my whole studio method. I didn't teach all of my business tactics. I didn't teach, um, how to have a happy business, how to have a happy life. I didn't teach that. Right. I dialed into one specific strategy that I used in my studio and I gave it to them and it like sold it, (laughs) I didn't give it to them, but it was in a PDF format. So essentially I said, um, this is the strategy here's why I use it in my studio. Here's how it works. Here's a literal step-by-step checklist. Here are the word-for-word scripts. Here are the screenshot 
examples so that they can quickly put this into play for their business. This was less than 13 pages, including an about section and a call to action page at the end. So less than that. And I sold it anywhere from $59 to like 90 something dollars. You know, we would do like sales and things to our email list. But again, the reason it sold so well is I didn't have any crazy strategy. It's just that people were able to it was only 13 pages. So they were able to like really quickly just copy and paste, put it on their social media, get bookings and go, holy crap. Like if this was only $59, I can't imagine what other stuff I can learn from Molly's products. And also like here, Amy, here, Sarah, here, so-and-so like you need to try this strategy for your studio. So yeah, all, all in all, it's less about the actual type of product and more about the result. I see also one last example is I know journals are really popular right now. Just going and creating a journal and selling it with no result or anything, I personally feel like that's going to be really hard. I mean, anyone can just go on Canva and just create a journal, create a habit tracker, right? What is your unique proposition? Who are you targeting that's unique? And what's the unique result that you can get them? And really, again, look at your experience because that's all I've ever done is I've never like studied something and then retold it, right? Like I've always, um, I mean, I might study it and then do it for myself and get results and tweak it, you know, and then, you know, reshare what worked for me. So I, I really believe everyone has that expertise and experience in their past, in their life. And you just have to really dial in what's the result I got? How did I do it? How can I reteach this to others? Yes. I'm so glad you brought up the fact of it being too broad because that is the biggest mistake that I often see is we want to just capture everyone and we think that that's perfect. An example of a journal, I actually have a client right now who is selling her journal like crazy, but it is a journal specific to planning your trip to Ireland. And that's all she writes about. That is good. So that's good. All of her content drives them to go and see, this is why you want to go to Ireland. This is why you want to go there. This is what you want to do here. This is your travel guide that you should use for this. And the journal step-by-step walks them through it. So it's very specific and meant for that audience, which is makes such a difference when you're trying to market it because you know the specific pain points. When you make it too broad, everybody has a different pain point of why they want to be happier in their life. So it makes it way too difficult to be able to sell it with the copy. I love that journal example. And like, if I was going to do a journal, you know, or if someone could, would sell me a journal, you know, it's like, um, top, like how, how to journal on prompts of like top things that CEOs have like mindset blocks about or something like that. And you can market it directly to the one person. So yeah, exactly. It's not that journals are good or bad. It's not that eBooks are good or bad. It's not that courses are good or bad. It's like your thing will only sell, you know, if you have a clear target market, a clear result that you're going to get these people and like a roadmap they can follow. And the device you deliver it in is almost like a moot point. So I I love that example. So one of the things that I think we've kind of touched on is obviously the result and then also needing to be more specific about your product. What else do you need in order to sell a digital product? Yeah. So I think sometimes it does depend on what you're selling and what the price point is. But I have like three specific funnels that I teach my students. I can kind of go through them. So the first one is just like a basic social media funnel. And by the way, a funnel is just like a series of steps you're going to take someone through. So it doesn't need to be a specific software or like a specific thing. Uh, It's just like a series of steps. So 
A social media funnel um, is just growing your following on a social media platform. So it could be TikTok, it could be Instagram, it could be YouTube, you know, whatever that platform is. And then you use, you can use any of these different softwares, but I personally use Linktree. Um, I use the free account. I've never paid for it. So you definitely don't need to pay for it. And what I do then is I'll link to my digital product or digital products. And so in my content, I'm delivering, you know, um, value content that talks about the thing that that's relevant to what I'm selling. Also like things that are showcasing my personality because people will want to work with you if they know, like, and trust you. So essentially they'll find your content and if they like it, they'll want to know more. They'll click your link in bio, they'll go to your link tree. Um, and then from there they can click on your, maybe you have freebies or things for sale. And then that's the whole funnel. That's it. Like you're literally just growing an audience. You're linking uh, to the product and then there's the checkout page. So that's like the easiest one. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, what it's so like, I call that easy mode. And then like medium mode, you know, could be you grow your following, you serve them up like a freebie that they can put in their name and email, get onto your email list. And then you can have a series of emails that sells them to your digital product. Hard mode, um, it essentially is just adding layers, right? So again, Um, You're going to grow your following, move them to an email list. Maybe this time, though, you have a webinar or an auto webinar or a challenge, some sort of sales vehicle. But I really like this easy, medium, hard. It's something that I kind of had an epiphany about uh, last year because I just don't think that you have to go zero to an auto webinar. (laughs) And like, I also don't think that that's like the best route personally, because in order to be good at a webinar, you need to really understand your audience and your messaging and sales and closing. And there's just so many skills that come to making a really good webinar. And so I really like to see people just start with the easy, because if you can just make content that resonates with your audience, and then you sell, let's say, maybe like um, a $29 to $99, some sort of digital product, then you know, you're going to know that it's what they're wanting. You're going to know the digital product is a good fit if they're just seeing your content and purchasing it. And then you can feel that confidence of that first sale, that second sale, that fifth sale, and be like, okay, this is the thing that they're needing help with. And then it's a matter of like making sure they're actually getting results from that thing. And then you can kind of scale up from there. Yes. Uh, Easy, (laughs) medium, hard. That is just too perfect. It's exactly what it should be. I I think a lot of people overthink it and assume that I got to grow my email list. Now I got to do a webinar. But it's all about how much engagement and touches you get on your audience and how much do you need. So it's easier to go from social media to maybe a $29 product, a $49 product. Whereas if you have a course that's a bit more expensive, probably upwards from 200 you may need a higher touch like a webinar so they can really see how you teach and are they going to be able to walk away with information based on what their pain points are. So that is perfect. (laughs) Do you find that there is a biggest mistake when trying to sell a digital product passively? Yeah. So... If I so obviously we all make a lot of mistakes in business. They're called learning lessons. <laughs> That's what I call them. Um, yes. So you know, there's definitely more than one. But I would say the biggest mistake, 
and I have made this. So actually I'll just tell it, I'll just tell you guys my story here. So when I started my first online education business, the one for photographers, I started out blogging. I put out at least one blog every single week, pinned it to Pinterest, shared it in Facebook groups. Like I was hustling. I wanted to grow this audience. Right. So eventually I think before it's, it's, I, oh man, I tried to find the exact data on this. It's so hard. Cause back in the day when I first started, I just did not, um, keep track of this stuff as well as I do now. And that's something you also learn as a business owner. But from what I can find, I believe I grew my email list to 5,000 before I like tried to sell my first product, which I don't think you need to grow it that big, by the way, but um, I did. And so I was just really focused on blog, building an audience and growing my email list. Right. And I did that and I stayed consistent with that. And I want to say I got to about $500,000 a year And that's kind of when I learned about like scaling with ads, right? And so I was like, oh, we, we, my husband actually left his job and he started running ads for our business together now. And we were able to like scale that up to $2 million a year. And I remember when we first started like having success with ads, I want to say it was like 2017, maybe. And I just remember thinking like, oh, I don't need this organic audience. Like this is taking so much time to do the blog, to do the Pinterest, to do the Instagram, the Twitter, the blah, 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 blah. I was just like, oh, we could just scale with ads. We can just scale with ads, right? (laughs) Well, you probably all are like, Molly, we know where this is going. So um, eventually, you know, even with the, the iOS update and ads becoming more expensive and also, you know, you have to keep in mind, you know, we got to $2 million a year with an audience that was specifically boudoir photographers. So this is like not a biz, not the niche of helping business owners, not the niche of helping photographers, you know, so like really niche audience. So anyways, um, my hard lesson learned is that you need to be, because eventually the ads became really, really expensive And our profit margin went at... When I had just the organic audience and was selling just to them, I had 80 to 90% margins. My um, accountant told me I was the most profitable business in the whole US that they worked with, which I didn't even realize at the time. I was just like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Like I didn't know that was crazy good. And then our margins went down to like 24, 30% when we were really scaled up with ads. And I know now that it's because I wasn't continuing to grow and nurture that organic audience. And when you're running ads, you're also running what's called retargeting ads, which is where you're retargeting those ads to your following. And so if you're not continuing to grow and nurture that organic following, it's going to be detrimental to your profit margin. And so um, I honestly don't even remember what the original question was. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's perfect. It was the biggest mistake. And you're totally in line with why you're telling it. Okay. I'm going to reel it in here. So biggest mistake is you need to make your organic following your number one priority. Okay. Your following online and your, your email list specifically is the lifeblood of your business. And so if you're not continuing to grow your email list, eventually that's going to catch up with you. And you're going to notice that your sales are flatlining or even declining. And so don't make the mistake I did where I thought, Oh, I'll just do paid traffic only. It's not one or the other. It's organic in the beginning. And when you get things working, that's your fire. And then you can add ads as fuel to your fire, but you never want to ditch focusing on your organic traffic. And I know a lot of you might be being like, duh, whatever, but I thought duh, whatever too. And I still got sucked into that. So don't make that mistake. And I would say that's the biggest mistake is like 
also people wondering, why do I not have more sales? And usually nine times out of 10, it's because they just don't have, they don't have a following. They're, they like don't have any email list, any followers. They're not consistently growing. They're not consistently putting out content. So that's my rant. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Cause it's what we talk about here all the time. We always talk about don't build your business on rented property. You have to make sure that you are growing that email list. And we talk a lot about keywords, SEO research to make sure that they are pulling in that organic traffic from their blog, their podcast, Pinterest, wherever else is using all of that information, especially YouTube now. All right. So you have multiple freebies that you offer. How can my audience get their hands on it? Yeah. So if you go to my website, it's freedomcreator.co. I'm not cool enough for .com. Um, but I have I have so many freebies. And so right now, what I have is I have how to create 30 reels in one day. It's like a checklist. So again, I'm all about the short results driven. You know, I also have a free funnel toolkit. So it essentially gives you a Canva template on how to make a digital product. Um, and then also the funnel on how to... Uh, sell that digital product. And then it also has a lot of things in there where you can also use that ebook as a freebie to like build your email list. So I have lots of freebies on my website and I'm excited for you to check them out. Yes, we are going to link to that in the show notes. My audience also knows that they can always send me a DM on Instagram and I will send you the direct link to get right in your chat so that you can hop right over there. Molly, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to speak with me and share your information with my audience. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Of course. All right. Well, there you have it. Not only was Molly an excellent teacher in the way that she took you through the steps of how to be able to passively sell your digital products, but she also gave great examples. So if you haven't already, hop over to her website and grab her freebies, that Instagram one that she talked about with Reels, as well as the funnels that you can put in place as far as her easy, medium, and hard mode, you're going to want to take a look at. Until next time, y'all, I will talk to you then. 